Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy with MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Welcome back to the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams. And joining me, as always, are my two co-hosts. First off, we got my boy, Kaden16 on Twitter, Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are you doing today? Oh, uh, you know, it's, a, it's another day. We get the what end of the OTA, well, the first OTA period of the season. So get a little episode in here with you two fine gentlemen and... Uh, Get ready for this long holiday weekend we're all getting ready for. Yeah, it is Memorial Day weekend. I forgot about that. It's going to be a, a good weekend. Uh, also joining me, as always, my boy at Arrowhead, Tom. Tom Welty. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm actually I'm over here just looking through these pictures from the uh, the OTA photo shoot. And you know, I realized there aren't any pictures of Lucas and Yang. And uh, I, can't wonder, I can't help but wonder why. Yeah, it seems like they might have diverted the cameras away from him a couple times. Uh, maybe after could all it be the, because people on Twitter are lunatics? Yeah, maybe because could it be all be, the Twitter rage. Could it be that he's gained even more weight, weight and can no longer fit in a single shot? Oh, Who knows? Dear, dear Lord. Switching over to nose tackle, is he? <laughs> 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 so we are here with a uh, a fun episode for you today. We're going to talk about a couple uh, couple things that are in the Chiefs news cycle. Uh, there's not, to be honest, there's not much to talk about, but there's a lot to talk about. You know, we're gonna we're gonna try to give you guys as much great content as we can without completely running ourselves dry. But uh, there's been a couple couple additions. Uh, first off, one notably notable addition in the coaching staff world, we actually hired uh, Katie Sowers, who is a I believe she's hired as an offensive assistant for us, a part of the uh, that, the diversity program. Uh, or whatever the coaching program that they have. I think it's the, the Bill Walsh Fellowship. Yeah, the Bill thing. Walsh Fellowship yes, Diversity sir. Program. Yeah. yeah, I believe that's what it's called. It's a great program, and yeah, she was working with the the 49ers for the past couple years, and now she comes over to the to the Chiefs back where she was born. She was born in Kansas. Yes, Local. Yeah, yeah, she's. I was reading up on her, and she actually had like a, a pretty crazy little career. Yep. She was like a quarterback in the bad. in the women's football league. She's like won national championships for women's they, football. So they did an article on her. I don't remember what site it was. Did an article on her during the Super Bowl and kind of covered all of her history and whatnot. Because yes, kids, she was on the coaching staff when we beat them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. So they did a they did a whole thing on her and it was really interesting. Actually, that's when I, that's when I learned a bunch about her. And then to see her getting uh getting a chance to come in and work with the Chiefs and be an offensive assistant with Andy Reid, that's that's nice. I'm happy for. Her. I'm I'm glad to see it, Tom. Uh, Thoughts on Katie joining joining the staff? Yeah, so this is I warned you guys before the show. I'm going to go on a small rant about this. Um, not a not a bad rant, but um, if you'll if you'll take a walk with me down memory lane to uh, when when Arrowhead Tom was was a young man and was in the eighth grade and all of his friends were playing football and he didn't have a lot of interest in football, but he decided to play football because his friends were there. And um, long story short. You know, playing football for me as a young man was was very foundational into who I am. And obviously now here I am today um, spending a lot of my free time on this sport that I love. And so uh, one of the things that I think is especially appropriate for this week, we, we didn't talk about it. It's not necessarily relevant to, to us, but I'll bring it up is, you know, there were comments made in the last 
Um, well, just in recent history of for former coach Eugene Chung, who if you follow the NFL, you've seen the headlines of somebody told him, you know, he's not the right minority. Mind you, this is a coach that's worked closely with Andy Reid, both in Philadelphia and in Kansas City, and then it was on the Philadelphia's coaching staff when they won the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I bring that up to say this is kind of that that counterbalance news, but um, football was important to me, still is important to me. But as a, as a young man growing up, it was it was big because it was a place for me to belong. It was a place where my friends were. It was a place where I felt like my coaches and my like my teammates cared about me, which was which was big. So um, I was really excited when and and again, I know that some people get upset or or get like try to politicize everything, and that's not that's not my point here. My point here is that I really believe that football is for everyone, and obviously, like. When I say that, it doesn't mean you can just go walk into an NFL locker room and be like, I'm the quarterback now. But uh, if you love football, if that's what like that's my favorite thing about football is it is really is the ultimate team sport. Uh, from from the people who are playing on the field to the guys who are coaching to the um, the guys and girls who are coaching to the men and women who are working at the stadium to the men and women who are working in the equipment departments, um, even even the medical staff. I mean, I know that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have quite a few quite a diverse uh, medical staff and it's one of my favorite things to see just because i really do believe that football is for every everyone uh, i think coach showers is I, I remember i also remember those those videos leading up to the super bowl and i remember going man i really want to root for her but she's on the 49ers <laughs> so now we get a root for her because she's she's home um she's on she's you know joined the good guys and uh really excited to have coach showers on the on the team but also just to be that message to continue that message that football really is for everyone and i think that needs to be louder than this message when th then these other people who who say things like oh well you're not the right type of minority or oh you can't do this like don't listen to that if you're listening to this if you're a younger person or if you're whoever you are if you're if you love football and you want to be a part of football go be a part of football because football is for everyone coach showers embodies that coach uh chung eugene chunk he he Chung, he embodies that. Like, that's so important. Don't don't be afraid to to chase your dreams and and go be involved in football because it's a great sport. It's a great team sport. It's a place where people belong. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And on that same note, and maybe it's not not necessarily directly football related, but on the something is for everyone related. Uh, mm -hmm. We're in the hockey world. They're dealing right now with a player on the Edmonton Oilers who received. A whole bunch of racial inserts and whatnot he's native american after they lost the series and it's ridiculous man i mean it, it's it's it makes no sense sports communities activities this stuff is for everybody no matter what color creed it doesn't matter if you have something you enjoy doing go do it because it, you're it's for you you should be there like that doesn't don't let that stuff stop you yeah, exactly. Very well said. And, you know, you hear it all the time from athletes and everything like sports are really just like a unifying thing. Like you, people come from all over and any like you've, if you've ever been in any kind of locker room, like the, the amount of diversity you'll find in one of those locker rooms, like you'll find people from all branches of life, all races, all, you know, incomes, everything. And so, you know, it really is just like a, a unifying thing to come together. And, Political backgrounds, yeah, any exactly. of that stuff. Everything like all over the map. You see so much different stuff in locker rooms and in football and just any sport and it's just you know it really is a, a big thing that people like to talk about it's like hey you know we're all together in this you know we're all here to, to play a sport and you know uh, any differences that we might have we set those aside and and we all you know kind of bond so definitely and, and a, a lot of times they work them out and, yeah. you, and you learn yeah. from come exactly. from, and learn you from other people's different sides. perspectives and yeah and, just... and how because everybody grew up different everybody came from different places everybody's nobody not one person regardless of whether or not they look the same on the outside or not went through the same thing yeah yeah and that's so. i think even as fans i mean that's you think you talk about you know especially in kansas city you talk about one of the and i, I will go to the grave saying this there's no experience like a game at arrowhead but there's there's also not a, not many fan bases out there like like chief's kingdom and, and the passion they have and you know i've had conversations with people who i'm sure i disagree with on pretty much every aspect of life except for the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs are the best football team on the face of the planet. And we can bond over that. And then now that I'm interacting with that person, I'm being exposed to new ideas. Um, I know that's, I mean, on my Twitter timeline, there's always different things that I'm saying that I'm like, I don't know if I, I would agree with that, you know, politically or religiously or whatever else, you know, whatever opinion they have. But you know what? Go Chiefs. And, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to see different ideas. But, you know, we focus, we focus more on what brings us together and on what we have in common. And, and again, opening those doors, I think, 
you know, I've worked a little bit in, in the field of athletics at like a junior or like a high school, junior high level. And, and I, and I see that again, like I, I talk about if you're a young person and you're like, I want to go play football or I want to be involved with the team, go be involved with the team. Right. And don't let people hold you back. And if somebody tells you no, then go above their head. I don't care, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, no, exactly. Uh, find yes, a way. Do that. Find you, a way. Uh, yeah. You, it, maybe it won't be, you know, maybe you don't see the field. Maybe that's not, you know, whatever. Again, I, I wasn't a very good football player in my day, but man, the, the, Again, the great thing about football and even basketball and other sports, like there are so many parts of that of that team that need more than just the players in terms of the management side, in terms of all that stuff. And if you, you know, if you need a place to belong and you need a, you need a community, that's what that's part of the beauty of sports is that they they create these communities, and we need to embrace that and not try to put boundaries and limits on that that are stupid and arbitrary. So, again, I don't, you know, not to take this down a beaten path, but I, I really. I have so much respect for Coach Sowers and what she's accomplished. And I was thinking about how, you know, Andy Reid has kind of been this kingmaker and, you know, has made all these head coaches. And, you know, I'd be like, how cool would it be, if, you know, four or five, six years from now, we're talking about Katie Sowers as the as the first female head coach in NFL history. And, you know, uh, Andy Reid can add queen maker to his, to his resume. I think that'd be cool. But that would that, be- that's, you know, just dreaming about it. I was thinking about it the other day or last night when I was uh, driving to work. But. Um, congratulations to Coach Sowers. Love the, that she's part of the Kansas City Chiefs now. And again, football is for everyone. Go be a part of a community. You you are you have worth and you have a place in this world. So, um, you know, go find your community and and settle in. Thousand percent. And also on that note, she's I mean she's went from Kyle Shanahan to now Andy Reid. Like she is she's had some some great coaches to learn from. So excited to see what Coach Sowers does for sure. Uh, another thing up on the agenda that was in the Chiefs news cycle, a little, a little uh, kind of minor news here, but Tyron Matthew announced that he was he's planning on changing his jersey number for the 2022 season. Uh, he's planning on changing it to number 21 to honor honor Charles Woodson, who ended up changing his number uh, to number 21 at like halfway through his career, basically. And so he's kind of doing that as a nod, uh, a nod to Charles Woodson, who I believe is one of his, uh, you know, the guys that he's looked up to the most in his career. I mean, uh, you know, legendary Hall of Fame uh, defensive back. So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting move. It's, you know, it's going to be weird to not see the Honey Badger in number 32 if he decides to go with it, go through with it next year. Um, I don't know. How do you guys kind of feel about it? Well, for one, Chiefs fans remember Charles Woodson. Yeah. Vividly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, everybody in the kingdom that was around during those days knows very much what what mm-hmm. that man was and why Honey Badger would look up to that dude. He also, I, he mentioned it on Twitter. I think somebody asked him about it when the first came up and came out. He said something about it a little while ago on Twitter. He confirmed it today in his press conference. I'm more interested in some of the other stuff he said during the press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the uh, the jersey change thing is, I mean, it's fine. It's cool. I want it to still be in a red and white uniform. I still want it to be yeah. in, our, in our colors uh, when he makes that jersey change. So um, I have a Matthew jersey. Am I w- willing to switch and get another Matthew jersey? Probably. I'd probably be convinced to do that if he decided to change numbers. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite current Chiefs because, I mean, he's hard to not be also. Yeah. So I, I, like I said, I, the other comments that he made were more interesting to me. We can get those in a minute. But Tom and he, jersey change things with the charles woods and stuff because like i said charles woods still gives me nightmares in a raiders uniform i'm glad yeah. he was i was happy as hell when he was in green bay well i think there's some subtext there a little bit with the fact that i remember right i don't remember if charles woodson was traded or i mean i know he bounced back and forth a little bit but yeah he when he did go to a new yeah. number he went to that was when he went to the green bay so yeah so the 21 um well i'm thinking of the even the second run with the raiders right mm-hmm. yeah. so like to me, I'm thinking there's kind of some subtext there where, where, you know, Matthew's kind of telling him, hey, you know, if you if you're not going to play ball, for, he goes, I'm going to play number 21, and that's going to be, you know, we talk about is it going to is the deal going to get done? Is it going to be for Kansas City? I think you have two kind of timelines here. It's you you can uh, keep him around and he can continue to be this playmaker, and then you know, but he's also saying, hey, you let me go, I'll go wear 21 and remind you guys of Charles Woods, and you know, I'm sure the Packers, you know, regretted letting. Woodson go um, when they did. Packers don't regret anything, clearly, as we've seen. Packers have no idea what's going on. We'll talk um, about that here in a little bit when we yeah, talk so. about Alex Smith, but oh, that's... Yeah. When you when you anger it, uh, that's a whole other story. All right, anyways, but back to, to Matthew. I think there's some, some... But it's also interesting because 21 right now is worn by Mike Hughes, which would be a relatively easy, you yeah. know... But also, 
somebody else wanted one, and we were talking about this before the show, and that's mm. you know former chief and potential, hopefully maybe future once again chief Bashad Breland, who I don't know if he wants to change his number, but you know we we talked about that last week. Maybe we should, you know, we could read into the tea leaves here and say, well, well, they already gave Mike Hughes twenty one, and now you know Matthew's talking about taking twenty one. Uh-oh. <laughs> Giving away your so, jersey. That's a, that's not a good sign. Athletes so, like your jersey numbers. That's true. So I guess I would go at it like this from that front. If Bashad is signed and walks back in that drawer and walks in and says, hey, Mike, but that's my number. That's his number. Mm-hmm. If Tyron walks up to either of them and says, <laughs> hey, bud, that's my number, guess what? That's his number. Like, I, mm-hmm. I understand that put- – there's a pecking order in locker rooms, and as far as Tyron is concerned, the only person um, not a he's not above on the pecking order. There's probably two of them, and they both are on the offensive side of the football, and they were at fifteen and eighty-seven. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's, that's about it, man. And that's that's um, probably worth noting that you know, Freeland wore twenty-six in Washington, and I believe twenty-six is still currently available if he wanted to come yeah, back. Yeah, should be. 26. Yeah. So. so well, Le'Veon Bell's not using it. So um, yeah, <laughs> there's Damian Wilson or Williams, who I don't believe Damian has been Williams. picked up. Has he? No, he was he was at the Bears. No, yeah. it's Chicago. Matt Nagy's oh. like, oh, oh Kansas right. City passed yeah. off. Let me grab them. He's, right. I, he, he's also interested in Bashad Breland. Interestingly enough, so I've heard recently. Yeah, unfortunately, boys, I think Bashad Breland might be gone. That's <laughs> just I hate to say it, but uh, and I think he might so, be gone. If so, thank you for for oh, the yeah. time and thank you for the Super Bowl ring that you helped get and the effort from last year. And I hope he actually gets paid somewhere. But I know we weren't going to pay him like he needed wanted to be paid. Yeah, I think so that's I'm just the surprised. problem. I just don't think the Chiefs are going to pay him. They're I'm not, not sure gonna... which team is going to pay him. Uh, you know what he wants, but I don't know. It just the seems problem... like everything he's been saying. And, and on he's Twitter. saying it's not. He's saying it's not a. Ton. I'm not asking for like t- t- a ton per. Mm-hmm. I just want the security. Okay, that's fine, but that also makes it hard on a team that has to do stuff funny with the cap, where you got to maneuver things and have it split out over certain time frames, and they can't really lock you up to a long term. If if you can't be long term and you're going to be short term, they can't really do that. So mm-hmm. it's it's difficult on their end, and it sucks because I would like to see him back. I still think it makes sense, um, but he's got to be willing to take whatever they're able to give him, so to speak. And I don't know that we're on that same page and wavelength at this point. Well, the other, maybe the silver lining, if we're going to grasp any Bashad Breland hope out of this, is that in, uh, the, you know, I think it was today, the, the NFLPA agreed on a, a salary cap of $208 million, um, mm-hmm. uh, ceiling. ceiling, salary cap ceiling. So if, it, if it's at that ceiling, which it, you know, normally, and I expect it to be, I mean, if, if just looking at the ticket prices for this year for games, oh. um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, they... Hi, yes. Uh, I would like your firstborn child and a copy of the deed to your house for backup credit purposes. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, just for security. Yeah, that gets you two seats. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, actually, you can just go ahead and park at the stadium and then just leave your car. Just leave your car at the <laughs> yeah. stadium because ours now. Just leave now, your keys in the drop box out front. Yeah, that's how much yeah. it's about to be costing. So just go yeah, ahead and leave your even, car. <laughs> we're not even going to let you into the parking lot. And I was looking at going to Vegas because it's right after so my birthday. That. Like It's right after my birthday. My birthday is the 17th, and I think they play the weekend after that or the weekend before that or whatnot. And the 14th. Well, I was looking. Yeah, I was looking. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, I was looking. I, I was also looking boys. at tickets for that game, and yeah, that was a quick Hey, game. man, we're going to play them for a long time in that stadium. Yeah. It's going to be there I'll, for a minute. I'll go I'm there eventually. It. We'll get there in a couple years. I might years. get there in four or five. I yeah. might let it yeah. sit for five years so that it's out of everybody's system. And the still gonna be a, still It's still going to be a nice stadium by then. It's not yeah. like a nice yeah. stadium's going anywhere, you know? Still got a nice brand It's not going to be $3,000. I will, I will likely try to go to a... Yeah, I'll like to try to go to the the Chargers game this year, though. I think that's yeah. something I might target. Yeah, that's a little that's a little cheating, my friend. You are. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Las Las Vegas is just as close as as Los Angeles to, is. To yeah, me but there's also no Chargers fans. Yeah, so. but the competition <laughs> for a being in Vegas versus being it yeah, being no, in Los Angeles. Are, the tickets are five times cheaper <laughs> to the Chargers mm-hmm. game. So that's because there's like nine Chargers fans for a stadium that seats sixty thousand. Yeah. yeah, it's great great looking stadium though. Should be nice. nice shout to out to Shock Therapy on our network. Yeah, There's shout out to Shock Therapy. All couple of half the exist. half the Chargers fan base yep. right there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Matthew's going to change his number, and hopefully it's with Kansas City. He'd look, I mean, twenty-one is a great number for a defensive back. So I, I, I'll take it. 
to everybody worried about the Matthew thing, I would say this. Please remember where Chris Jones was this yeah. time, what, last year? Yeah, he was, years ago. In, he was even farther, I think. He, he said, was, don't look into that tweet, too, the deleted tweet too yeah, much. Yeah, he said, don't, was, look into, okay. don't look into any so, of my deleted tweets. Deleted so these, these are the things I want to talk about with Tyron, because this is some of the stuff I was talking about in the interview that really I thought was more interesting than his jersey change. Um, the comments about... Well, A, some of the stuff he has tweeted on Twitter. Don't pay attention to some of the stuff I tweet on Twitter. Well, when you when you quote tweet the fact that they're bringing in guys like Mike Hughes and then basically say, I'm going to help Reclamation Project this dude or yeah. other things like that, I'm going to pretty much read into those, man. <laughs> like, I'm you, you didn't put it out there for funsies. Like, it's it, you put it there for a reason. Same as some of the other stuff. Like, yeah, I delete stuff a lot. Well, we know. <laughs> But the internet never forgets. Yeah, the internet does not forget, uh, for sure. For those of you who have sensitive ears, I apologize, but Shut Up Bitch is literally a screenshotted quote tweet of Tyron Matthews I see all, all the time <laughs> on Twitter still. Classic. Yeah, that is a classic and, one. Uh, like, so, like, yes, I understand that you're going to put out and delete things. Uh, I understand that this contract negotiation stuff is emotional, and if they're not talking to you right now because this is how the Chiefs do things. They don't talk to these guys. And, A, Tyron said... They talk to my agent. Well, if they talk to your agent, okay. Now, if your agent's telling you things, that's one thing. But, like, they don't do stuff till June or July all the time when it comes to these contracts under the under reach. This is how they do things. They didn't do – Mahomes wasn't done until, what, end of May? Yeah. It was all right around – like, it's it's okay, everybody. It's relaxed. He's not nearly as angry as Chris Jones was. Yeah, that is true. Chris Jones was very angry. I think it was like almost a foregone conclusion that Chris Jones was going to be leaving, and then oh, everybody the on contract. Earth thought everybody on Earth thought he was leaving. And I'm like, that man is not leaving. They're not letting him walk out the door. Oh, there's yeah. no, no way. There's no way they're ever going to do that. But the way he was talking when, on Twitter, when <laughs> they made the decision to let to trade D Ford, you they told you they were paying Chris Jones. Yes, it was that was it. And Frank Clark. It was touch and go for a well, minute. They, well, they told you that when they traded for Frank Clark because that's how that deal worked. But they told you with Chris that he was getting his paycheck mm-hmm. when they got rid of D Ford because the only other guy on that line, and Justin Houston got cut, who, again, still wouldn't mind seeing him in a Chiefs jersey. We I agree. I'm, more. I'm, I'm changing my vote to Justin Houston. Bring Justin home. So, but when you do that, you, you're you guaranteeing Chris is getting paid. So, like, mm-hmm. Tyron is getting his check. Yeah, like, I, I don't think, think there's even a question. They wouldn't have put him out in front of the media today to talk about stuff during a yeah. press conference when they know they're going to ask him about his contract and stuff mm-hmm. if they weren't confident in his ability to talk about the scenario and that stuff in think, front yeah. of the media. I think so, it's safe to say it'll get done. I, yeah. He's he's getting a check. It's just, yeah. what's it look like? When does it disperse? How does it get there? How many years are funny money at the end of it? And, or is it all a real contract? And, segue into our next topic, is there enough room for Julio Jones? Hmm. Well, there is if you restructure tire and when you get the extension done the right way. Yes. Well, and again, so some of this, we, we may see some of this news triggering with teams knowing what the cap is going to be like next year. It's it's a yeah. big jump from oh, this, this year. I, I so feel like we, we should, we should clarify some cap topic on that when you're done, because I want to clarify your 208 number. And what yes. that means. Yeah, yeah. So we can circle back to that. So um, assuming that the cap is at the ceiling, which is, two, I think it was 208.8. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty substantial. I, I don't remember what it was at this 185. One, yeah. So you're talking. Two, I want to say it's like a $26 million increase or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of money. And with, with the Chiefs, and this is where, again, when we talk about Brett Veach as a GM, one of the things that we need to give him credit for, something that as we may argue about his draft evaluations, because John Dorsey is a great player, talent evaluator. He could not manage the salary cap to save his life. And the he problem was he evaluated the talent and, then, off and franchise well, mode. John Dorsey's problem was he, once he evaluated the talent in college, he was paying them whatever they were evaluated at in college and was never able to do the words mm-hmm. cut bait. You didn't see Breland Speaks get axed in year three because he stunk and they knew it. And yeah. I mean, it was early year three. He didn't see that. Yeah. I mean, he didn't make like, it to year three. John really. Dorsey, John Dorsey, you're staying for your whole first contract at yeah. minimum. And if you were halfway good anywhere in there, you're getting paid. Unless also, you're Barry Russell. 
Can very yeah. Russell did not make it. He, that he, doesn't he, even. He only lasted he, for one train. Whatever. First of all, I hate on. I, I hate the way that Kavari happened because he was overdrafted at his spot. He should not have been taken there, which is why it led to him getting dropped when he did so damn fast. Which sucks for him because I think if he would have actually gotten some time to get work with, he could have been decent. Hey, Bengals but, legend. He went over to the Bengals and played a little bit. He's still still probably in the league, to be honest. I know, but that's not near what he could have been. I watched him at Notre Dame. He could have been better than what he he ended up being. Anyway. (laughs) So, so Julio, that was the question. Julio. Can we afford Julio? So the cap thing, because that matters. I Now, knowing that we have a little bit more room, and again, oh, hold on, because we – Brett Veach, contracts, really good at them. Really mm, good at in that flexibility. They could move on from Frank Clark. They could move on from Anthony Hitchens. I mean, they could free up a ton of cap. Um, plus, you know, Patrick Mahomes' artwork of a deal. We The Chiefs are the, actually really good. The auto restructure? Yeah, the auto restructure, which is just borderline unheard of. Um, and especially and- for... And it's funny because you listen to people talk about it and they still don't understand how it works yeah. over and over again. They're like, oh, they're not going to do that every year. Yes, yes, they are. They're going yeah, to do it much, literally yeah. every year and they're going to use as much of it as... Yeah, where they're like, listen, Pat, we've won six Super Bowls. We have so no. much ad revenue and so many jerseys and so many like yeah. championship gear has sold. People, are, people aren't buying it anymore, but... I think it's going to be a year where like, they know that they're in a situation where the rest of the roster is just depleted and they don't really have anything they can do with it. And they're going to try and go full rebuild. And they're going to be like, here, here's $70 million for this season. Yeah. Here's all of your money at once. Here's here's two, th- here's a third of our cap space because we're not going to use it. We're going to be Cleveland for this season and have to get above the cap floor. And then we're going to draft the top five pick to go with yep, Pat. We're going to draft, we're going to draft basically in the lottery. Like we're in the NBA, get you a bunch of shiny new toys and go kill people again for another half decade or more. Perfect. So, Julio Jones. I cap space. I don't care about cap space. Honestly, it sounds a little silly, but like it's in the accounting roster is ready to compete. They're going to be a Super Bowl. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be you know gunning for that Super Bowl. Julio helps that goal uh, this year. He's better than anything we would have at, at as a boundary receiver. I just don't know if. I, I'm a little concerned about the draft capital, and that, I know that that sounds weird coming from the guy who was. You know, lobbying all off season for Orlando Brown Jr. and was happy yeah, with all that. At some point, though, Brett Veach is going to have to make more than one first round pick. You know, he's yeah. going he? he to have to make more. I just want him to. Yeah. I just want him for as a, a fan. Man, for a man who loves to pick up other uh, people's first round picks, he really doesn't like to pick his own, which is probably kind of smart. Yeah, I guess he kind of just makes. The, I guess he kind of just makes the first round pick in like three years after they've been cut. Or yeah, whatever. I'll tell yeah. you this: the only pick, the only time I think you see him keep a first round pick in the next couple of years is when we host the draft in 23. Oh, fair enough. Maybe yeah. that's literally the only time that I'm like, Clark's going to be like, look, yo, it's literally in our barn. We have to make a pick in this. Draft yeah. In the first round. We've got to make a pick. And then he's going to trade up into the top <laughs> 10 and take Caleb on. No, no, not cave on Thibodeau. Who's going to forego the 2022 draft. If he falls to 10, I mean, it's like, it's just, like if he falls look, to, if Kayvon Thibodeau falls to ten, I'm just putting that out there. Send every first round pick we have to get up there. So, so here's my <laughs> thing on the Julio, to, to, to kind of redraw back in here on the Julio thing. One, were you okay with paying Sammy Watkins everything we've paid Sammy Watkins over the last three years? Not for one minute. I wanted Allen Robinson, just for the record. I like Allen. That's fine. No, Do you have a Super Bowl ring because of Sammy Watkins or Sammy Watkins' participation and help in that Super Bowl? Sammy Watkins was present for the Super Bowl, yes. He turned Richard Sermon inside out. That's fair. He also finished the game against the Titans. Yeah, he had, a good, he had really good playoff con- He also, yeah. He tur- He ended. He helped end the Jacksonville Jaguars' entire organizational movement for three years with <laughs> 297 yards or whatever it was in week one against them. And then vanished Holy for game. 16 weeks. That's all right. Yes. He won yes. a Super Bowl uh, that Sammy year. Is, you live by the Sammy, you die by the Sammy. Right? Okay, so now, if you're okay with if, – if that happens and works out and you paid him 33 years or 58, 80, whatever it was, some absurd a number where he was making 20, 16, and 19 or whatnot. Shout yeah. out, Sammy. Julio's making like 23, 15, and 13 on the cap hit. 
that's still, I mean, the first year right. you can restructure and all that. So the cap, like I said, I'm not worried about the cap. I just go. So what, so what, so what if, if you're at that point, you have, you gave it up probably a second and a fourth or a second and a third. Now I saw somebody gave him a first. Okay. We can talk about that. If you want to give them a first, that's fine. You give us Julio and the fourth back or a third back. Yeah, I mean we could do that. Yeah, but so I mean, again, I'm not. I, I at also point, at that point you're not you're not out anything, and you now have an offense where you literally cannot double anybody because you can't cover everyone. Yeah, that's true. I think even if he only plays nine games. Mm-hmm. No, I, I fully. That's seven more games than Sammy played last year, or five at least. I would. My other argument would be. I think the Chiefs have a bigger need at defensive end than. I think you do that cheap. I think that's a cheap. I mean, again, you have to you, you go get the talent that's available, and if Julio can't land it in Kansas City, I'd be happy. Um, I mean, how expensive do you think Justin Houston's going to be? How expensive do you think some of these other guys sitting on the on the open market are going to be at defensive end right now? I mean, where we're at, Houston's probably what two years, fifteen million, maybe some incentives. God, is he getting two? So, is he not on a one year? I'd give him. I'd give him two. Just Maybe to spread it out, two, two and one, and the second year being pretty like fake, easy out. Yeah, a fake, a fake year too. So that that probably that first year is like one year, twelve million, and then that second year is like three million plus more if you make the roster. Like, so I mean, I get that. I just I don't know. I'm torn. I'm torn because I'm like I really love the idea of Julio, but I also don't know what else you could get with those assets. Could you could All you right. make a trade for somebody like you know Daniel Hunter from the Vikings? Um, All right, Garrett. Julio or no? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. See, I don't know. I like Julio. And I think you will get a lot of play out of him for at least two years. I saw this take, though, a while back about something about the Chiefs offense. But, I mean, if you look at the numbers, the Chiefs offense was more successful with Sammy Watkins on the field. Like, that is that is true. Mm-hmm. And, you know... The you could say you know when Sammy Watkins was on the field for the, the most games you know, in 2018 is when you know the offense was really really popping when they have you know a second a second wide receiver who can garner that kind of double team attention. Um, I would probably do it. I would send a first just to get him. I mean, I would probably send our first if we can get back a third or fourth like you were saying. But mm-hmm. I just think and you've got control too. Is my yeah, point. you do you've have some, control. you do have some control. I just do think like the Chiefs are kind of. Here's the thing. I think the Chiefs initially got Sammy Watkins because they had an unknown, a kind of an unknown in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we all knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to be good and he was going to be the starter, but no one could have predicted his first season he'd go, you know, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. I mean, I guess some people could have. Yeah, like, but it was a very unpredictable season. And I think the Chiefs might have been kind of giving themselves a little bit of a safety blanket with Sammy Watkins and saying, like, hey, let's just really make sure that this first-year quarterback can succeed and that he is going to, you know, have all the tools he needs. Now I think we're at a point uh, that we're, you know, we've seen what Mahomes can do. And we know, obviously, the Super Bowl, there was a lot of drop passes and you need someone to catch the passes in the Super Bowl. Cause, like, you can't just have what happened in the Super Bowl. But Jeez. I just do think that at the stage that Mahomes' career is in, I think you can get away with, you know, not having, you know, three solid options you know if you were to yeah. go julio tyreek and then kelsey i think like mahomes can make up for it you know do you want him to make up for it that's kind of the the question um mm-hmm. so i don't know i would still do it but i think from a team standpoint they might be a little hesitant to i think you guys have talked me into it because i think you also put Julio on this team when you're talking about one of the most complete offenses in nfl history when you look at what they've done with the offensive line and when you look at what they've done with i mean and they've added Clyde Edwards Elaire, who again, if he has a healthy season, he had a good rookie season. People kind of forget that, you know, he was doing really well. He got injured. But I think he still had over a thousand all purpose yards. And um, he looked good, especially towards the end of the year. You have, like I said, completely rebuilt offensive line. You have the best player on the face of the planet in Patrick Mahomes. You have Travis Kelsey, who ages like fine wine, and Tyreek Hill, who may or may not be better than Randy Moss, but we won't talk about that. 
Um, <laughs> you have one of the most complete offenses. And then, you know, you sprinkle in the role players and McCall Harbin. Like, that's that's greatest show on turf, 1998 Vikings oh, yeah. levels of, of weaponry. And it would it really would be one of – it would make for an extraordinarily fun time in Kansas City. Yeah, because I think, too, like, the best offense, in my opinion, that the Chiefs have had with Patrick Mahomes has been the 2018 offense. And, you know, obviously there's a lot – there's a lot that offense had to do to make up for the defense and everything like that. But I think if you add Julio, I think you have a chance to like excel past the 2018 Chiefs offense. Whereas, I mean, you know, even the offense this year without Julio, I think could still get to that level. But I think if you're adding Julio, I think it's almost a guarantee you're surpassing that level of the 2018 Chiefs. Which... We also had Kareem Hunt, so we need to bring... Well, I mean, we just talked about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He might, with this, with this, uh, you know, O-line, he might... He might have some Korean Hunt like numbers, you know. Yeah, more more running backs would also be good. <laughs> Should need more running backs. You can't. We don't have enough running backs, backs already. But yes, yeah. I agree. We could. It would be a extraordinarily uh, potent offense. But speaking of the offensive additions and other things happening on the Chiefs' offense, that brings. And I, I mentioned earlier, we have this. I, I brought this up. Uh, Brett Veach has, has been known to ship off offensive linemen during preseason, and there's an abundance of them. Uh, yeah. this year, most notably, you know, when they traded Parker Anger, who I, I don't know what he did with the rest of his career, but they, they returned, a, they got a guy who you may have heard of in Charvarius Ward, you know, Super Bowl starter, Super Bowl champion, outside cornerback. That's been a big, a great, a great trade for, for Brett Veach. So um, let's talk about the offensive line and who might be like, sorry if I stole your thunder there, Garrett. I just, we're just transitioning. No, <laughs> um, yeah, who who might be the uh, the odd man out or the odd men out? Because there's it's possible that Kansas City moves two or three of these guys or or just cuts them out entirely. Yeah, I definitely think so. And if you're looking, if you if the uh, the training camp photos have been any indication, we've seen uh, Creed Humphrey's already starting with the ones. Kyle Long is already with the ones, and you know this is obviously very early training camp stuff, so nothing's official. But Kyle Long's with the ones. Mike Remmers with the ones. Nyang is with the twos. Uh, I believe Wiley is with the twos. Blythe is with the twos. Allegretti might even be with the twos, but I mean, there's like you were saying, there's a lot of depth on this team, and I think more so in like the interior depth. Like we have a lot of guys who can play that guard role. So I'm not sure who's really going to be the mad, odd man out. I think the easiest answer would be Andrew Wiley. I would, personally would like to keep Andrew Wiley on the team just for his versatility at tackle and you know the ability to kind of, you know, he's been a, he's been in the system for a while, so. Uh, he has, you know, a little bit more experience in it, um, but I don't know. It's it's going to be a tough one to see who who they might leave out, who might be the odd man out. I mean, Nick Allegretti played or you know, started in like 13 games last year, so it's like mm-hmm. it'd be kind of tough to cut him and at least not have him as uh, as backup or you know as as a role guy. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting for sure. So I would say that there's some names to pay attention to that I think will be used and potentially in trade. I think Martinez Rankin is out, frankly. I think Rankin is done. Uh, I don't think there's enough room on this roster for him to stay, whether that's a cut or they find somebody willing to try that project again, I guess. I don't know. I just don't think there's nearly enough space. Um, So that's one. Uh, I, I think, I think it's probably the doctor, unfortunately, with where his contract number is and his experience, that's valuable to some teams. And he's got the ability that they may look at trading somebody interiorly like that. But like I said, I think Rankin is a name that he's going to be for sure out. Um, I just don't know where he fits in there at all, even Rankin, especially with the young guys. Rankin's another guy for me, though. He has that tackle versatility, I think. I, I, they didn't even... Did did they didn't think he had the tackle versatility when they needed two tackles in the Super Bowl and he wasn't even yeah. on the field? I mean, I guess I that's, that's true. I think that's writing on the wall for Rankin. If you if you can't get on the field in that scenario, um, I don't I don't think. You, I mean, again, you talk about your best five. If you're if you're, I mean, as much flack as people are going to give Mike Rimmers, Mike Rimmers is kind of that like he's the line. Either if you're below Mike Rimmers, you shouldn't be starting. Yeah. If you can't and, be above Mike Rimmers, and, and I, I think that's what disrespectfully to to him. Yeah. He's that average, like very average, like, you know. And he couldn't yeah. get over Andrew Wiley playing the other tackle. Like, uh, yeah. Who doesn't play tackle? Yeah. Who, and and we, he couldn't do that in either circumstance. I know early he was returning from injury, but. 
it's not the first time, and like they just clearly don't seem to think he's there. So if he's not there, then why is he there? If yeah, you guys get what I'm saying there. Yeah, just I did enough theirs for you. I tried to lay them all in there and have them all used differently and correctly. They're there. You just, just got to wonder who who do they who do you guys kind of think they're going to have at tackle depth then? I mean, they still have oh, Prince, well, Prince Tega, obviously. You have oh, Niang. Lucas Niang. Who you have Niang. Orlando Brown and Rimmers and Niang are your rotating three. Somebody's yeah, the like swing tackle. Three guys who are yeah. going to make it. You're probably going to end up with Rimmers being your swing tackle, even though that's terrifying because we saw what happened if he ends up having to play the left side. Yeah. Or he's your right tackle and you use Niang to move around to both sides if you have to, if Orlando was to happen to knock on wood, go down in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I think those are your top three tackles, and I don't think anything past that point is mm-hmm. super on the radar as far as like has to be on this roster. And I don't think Martinez Rankins and Tiger's top five. Like I don't even think. I think you'd rather have Kyle Long kick out and another guard step in inside. That's true, actually, I did forget about Kyle yeah. Long being able to kick out. So. Yeah, I, I would prefer us not kick Kyle Long out to tackle. I, I think you. I mean, I'm talking. I'm talking. If you uh, lose yeah, both tackles and are stuck with yeah. Rimmers and your fourth yeah. tackle, that's Kyle Long, and you're putting somebody else in at guard. Yeah. Not bringing Rankin in because you didn't even want Rankin on the field with Andrew Wiley, who you clearly don't think is better than Kyle Long at any of those positions. Yeah. So I think you have Nick Allegretti, you have Andrew Wiley, and you have. Uh, I think Allegretti somebody they could trade too. That's another because yeah. because of those thirteen games started that you mentioned and the play yeah. through the playoffs and all that and his yeah. con and he's on a seventh round, sixth round mm-hmm. draft pick contract. Like that's a guy you could probably get something for. I think with Wiley and with uh, Allegretti, you could, you know, you you just say, hey, it is what it is. You think about preseason injuries or training camp injuries. You know that might be the situation where you can flip one of those guys. I think with LDT, with, with the doctor, um, it's going to be a little bit more complicated because he hasn't played. So it might not be until you get I hope, to – I pray we – I really don't want us to get rid of Larry. I want I Larry to be will. on this team. I think just yeah, from a PR will, standpoint, I, I just don't think we will. After all, like, the hype and all the articles and stuff that come out. I mean, I know teams really don't care, but I think – This is a business, all, baby. I mean, yeah, but I think with everything yeah. that's been said <laughs> by everyone involved, like, including – Laurent by saying, you know, I'm going to come back. And it, like the way he's been speaking about it, he see, it seems like the team is welcoming, welcoming him back. It's not like, oh, it's yeah. like you know, coming back what? to fight. I feel like it's kind of a, a thing where he's being welcomed yeah. back into some role. And, you know, whether he, he just, doesn't start or not, I think he's going to He just can't get smoked in camp is all I'm saying. Like he can't get yeah, outplayed now, yeah. by multiple guys in camp. I think that's, the that's one, where I'm at. That's the one way he doesn't make the roster. If he's just completely out of shape after a year off or it just my, cannot play. Two years. My yeah. my main concern yeah. is he's he was coming off an injury when we last saw him and he wasn't great he wasn't as good as he was before injury then he takes a year and he slims way down because you can tell by just looking at the dude he was way lighter mm-hmm. and then he's coming back and he's back into football shape and I'm not telling the man he hasn't been working out and staying in shape and doing all that I'm just saying that's a lot to ask of a guy and there's also been out some, like that there's some dogs in that room to to beat him out yeah. I mean, if trey smith yeah. has a great camp he might be yeah man that's the other part of it is like there's so much depth this is the stupidest thing i thought i would never say when we we're talking about the chiefs offensive line five months ago but there's so much depth so at the much. interior <laughs> offensive line it's dumb yeah yeah, yeah. uh and we're pro- again probably I mean, are we officially at five new starters rimmers is the old hall only holdout. Rimmers and he's not even technically holdout, I mean, but he wasn't starting this He season, wasn't day so. one starter last year, yeah, so one. he doesn't even yeah. count. So Yeah, technically uh, five new week one starters. Right. No, you're right. No, oh, Mitch, oh, didn't. Mitch was there until Buffalo. That's right. The other, who was the right guard? Yeah, I, was, I, did, I thought Rimmers Kurt, started at guard. Well, there's Kalichi uh, at one guard spot, and then who was at the other? No, 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 no. It was, uh, it was Andrew Wiley. Oh, was uh, he starting? Was it? Yeah, Wiley got opening day start last year. I'm pretty certain of it. We'll have, to, we'll have to go back and look. I'll say this. Yeah. I also think that there's, and I said this before, like one of those like just surprise things that could happen is as much as we're all kind of hyped about Kyle Long, talk about a guy who sat out for a while. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, those two are going to have to, that's going to be the battle to watch in training camp. Andy said that he had the most rust out of them all. Yeah. Today. And so Kyle Long can't bring it back. I mean, it's not, it's not implausible that the Chiefs just cut bait and run, you know? Which would kind of be disappointing, but at the same time, you bring that that competition in, you bring that fire. That's kind of the advantage that Kansas City has right now between those two. You know, you have two vets who are coming back. Um, they can't just, you know, their spots not guaranteed. I don't think any of the spots on the offensive line outside of Orlando Brown is guaranteed. Uh, you know, they they have to earn their spot and they're gonna have to put in the work this this off season and, and 
I'm encouraged. I think Andy said it. You know, on the on the right side of that that line, there's going to be some battles, and that's going to be, you know, that right guard spot because, as as I believe Garrett said, you have a you have a rookie who has all the athletic upside in the world, and Trey Smith. You have, um, you know, Mike Rimmers, who's a vet, but you also have Lucas Niang, who's had a lot of conversations and a lot of publicity this offseason until they posted that picture from the workouts, and now everyone's worried that he's fat, but. You know, other than that, you've, you've got some really intense battles there. And um, like you said, it's surprising to say, oh, yeah, the Chiefs are going to have all this depth after watching, you know, Patrick Mahomes run around for 500 yards, you know, in the backfield in a Super Bowl and have to defy gravity to throw just to throw the football to somebody who was going to drop it anyways. But Yep. Um, uh, Andrew Wiley got the start against yeah. the Texans. Oh, okay. Well. I was wrong. So we got five new starters then. Hooray. Five new starters. <laughs> so it was Ryder, Assimile, Wiley, Fisher, and Schwartz. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, we're talking five hold, five new starters. Let's no. see. No, center's not on the roster. Neither tackle is on the roster. The left guard's not on the roster. And Wiley's the fourth guard? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, it really looking in. Might, have even been, might even be the fifth guard if you really break it down. But Yeah. He's not. So that's that's what we say when we say they overhauled the offensive line. I mean, it, they're not even in the same. There's like, they, yeah, yeah it's very if different stratosphere that the the Chiefs' line is in right now. Most of these dudes weren't in the room last year. Yeah, if you cost Brett Veach a championship, you will not have a, a job for long. <laughs> so. Ask the 2018 defense and the 2021 and 2020 offensive line and injured offensive line. Yeah. yeah. Yep, they're probably all hanging out with D Ford somewhere. Probably speaks and... Ooh, no, I don't think anybody from that team is hanging out with Orlando Skandrick. I don't think anyone yeah. period is hanging out with Orlando Skandrick. Like, uh, again, we're not even sure he's still after Shannon Sharp murdered him. <laughs> yeah, he might not. not. So if you've seen, uh, if you've seen Orlando, tell him to call so, us. We're so that'll be a good transition. Let's get into that because uh, since Shannon decided to pull his little Julio stunt and get this whole thing. Ro- off and rolling with call, making the phone call on TV. Uh, Alex Smith made an appearance on the herd yesterday, I believe, uh, and had plenty of interesting things to say about the Chiefs and about Mahomes and about Aaron Rodgers, interestingly, in the Green Bay Packers situation. Mm-hmm. Um, said that the Packers and Rodgers situation is inexcusable from the franchise's behalf and how it ever got to that point. Um, got into you know, talking about how you have to be on the same page and how you didn't go to him and iron it all out. And Colin asked him, did the Chiefs talk to you about the pack? Absolutely, like five, six, seven times, not just Andy, not just Brett, the front office, the player personnel, everybody talked to me about it. Hey, this is what we're thinking. This is what we're going to probably end up doing. It's whatnot. It, and it just makes it a lot easier when you communicate. Uh-huh. It matters how you treat people. Wow. It's almost like. If you handle your organization and your business and treat your employees correctly, this is for all businesses out there, not just pro football teams, kids. If you own a business, you should listen to this too. If you treat your employees like they matter and they care and you care and then keep them involved. And I'm not telling you he has to approve of it, but you have to at least tell the man Uh and talk to him and communicate and try to make sure he understands why, because as Alex said, he's been there for 16 years, and you're doing this to him. The Chiefs treated Alex Smith better than the Packers have treated Aaron Rodgers. Is basically the long and short of this. Yeah. And, and and he made it a point to say something about it. He also yeah. blasted Washington for basically – he said they didn't feel like they really wanted him, but that's yeah. another thing. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Alex Smith has – everywhere he's been in his career, they've talked to him. They've referred to him as, you know, a – the consummate professional, the mm-hmm. guy who didn't raise a stink when he lost his. I mean, one of the unwritten rules in football, especially in the NFL, is you don't lose your position, to, your starting spot to injury, right? And he lost his starting spot to injury in San Francisco, and he didn't. He took it in stride. He continued to help Colin Kaepernick and help them get to a Super Bowl. When and yeah, you know, it's it is a, a big uh, stark contrast when you look at the way that Alex Smith reacted to. Um, to the drafting of Patrick Mahomes versus how Aaron Rodgers has, and, and even you can go back in Green Bay, you can go back to Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So it's like, you know, Patrick openly talks about, Patrick and his family openly talk about how much Alex Smith meant to them and how much he helped uh, Patrick grow in his first year when he wasn't starting. And you don't hear that from Jordan Love. You don't hear that from, you know, 
uh, you didn't hear about really from Aaron Rodgers from you know to Brett Favre, and you go, well, is you know there is it a business? Yes. Do you have to do what's best for your franchise? Yeah. But like again, as Kyle said, he he hit it on the head. Like you have to treat people like they're people. I know, crazy concept, but communicating and putting them in a, in a position so that they're not shocked and learning about picks as they're being made, just like the rest of us. Um, Especially you know, when you were one game away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, it didn't even sound like, uh, you know, Rodgers knew they were even looking at quarterbacks. Where, I mean, I, I remember Alex had the, the one of the opening interviews after the draft um, that season, and, and Alex was like, yeah, they told, they told me early on that they were going to look at quarterbacks. And, again, it's that level of respect. Some of that's Andy Reid. Andy Reid has so much respect as a, as a coach that I think he could, he could sit you down and just be like, hey, you know, we're going to replace you. Uh, don't worry about it, but we're going to replace you. And you're just like, yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> and that's rubbed but, out to his assistants as well because Matt Nagy did the same thing with Andy Dalton in Chicago this year when they drafted Justin Fields. He literally yeah. called Andy Dalton and said, hey, we're drafting your replacement, basically. Hey, man, just so you know, you're I mean, kind of the conduit to get us to our next point here. Yeah, like, I mean, if they're doing that for Andy yeah. Dalton, like Aaron really, Rodgers, Andy Dalton, there should be, well, should be a difference and, there. And that's the thing I think that's the most contrast with what Aaron said. Listen to his interview when he talks about it. Like, he's talked about it a couple times now, and it's about the culture, and it's about, you know, treat, treating, remembering the people that are the building blocks of this are what matter. He, That's a quote, man. And yeah. I understand people like, oh, he makes this much money. Does it? Okay, that's fine. That's great. Scale it. Put it on a scale for what you do at work. It, they, there's a thousand people. There's, there's like 12 quarterbacks on earth that do what he does and like two that do it at the same level. Yeah. The people I, who call. Are, if you work in a job where you're one of two people on the entire planet that are that good at what you do, and your revenue brings in a couple billion dollars a year, your paycheck's going to be pretty fat, isn't it? Yeah, I, my yeah. my least favorite thing is when people compare pro athletes and they just call so, them like they just call pro athletes millionaires. Like, oh, these so millionaires are getting upset. It's treat like treat your employees correctly, and we don't have these issues. And it's funny because the Packers are a publicly owned corporation they're not a, they don't have an owner they they all it's it's a big thing for the green bay fans that they all can be shareholders and they all buy in they have ownership in the team and so on and so forth that's really great and all but when your management staff doesn't treat your employees correctly who tells them they didn't do that right yeah and that's where i think we're at with this situation in green bay and alex coming out and basically being like man that's just simply inexcusable first of all alex doesn't like, he doesn't say a ton very often, mm-hmm. although I can listen to that man talk for hours about, well, literally anything pretty much, but football for sure. Um, uh, it's just, it's it stands out when Alex is like, hey, guys, how on earth did you let this happen? Yeah. And so that was, that was the one big thing from his interview that took away. The other thing was I – Colin asked him about coaching, and he said, I don't know. I don't think my wife would be too happy with me if I did that, which kind of makes me sad a little because I want to see him back in Kansas City as a quarterback's coach. I was going to say, make a joke about, you know, future Kansas City Chiefs quarterback coach Alex Smith. Well, because he he threw a bunch of praise on Patrick, too, about when he saw and what what he thinks about his basically, like, I don't care about your physical skills, even though you have an insane set of physical skills. The fact that he could process and mentally do the game is what, when I knew he was, he's got it. Yeah. Well, and that's that, from and, Alex Smith, who's considered, you know, for the last 10 years has been considered one of the smartest quarterbacks in the game. Yeah. Mental assassin, Alex Smith. Yeah. Mental assassin. I like it. Um, yeah. So again, when you upset the future Kansas City Chiefs quarterback coach, Alex Smith, and he, he comes after you, you know, in a public way like that. I mean, and it's, it's not like, it's one thing for him to be speaking up for himself, like talking about the Washington thing. He went, like, yeah, he went in on Green Bay without much, like without much provocation. He was just like, "Here's exactly how I feel," and he he must feel some way about it. And, and I agree. I mean, I think you have to treat your players better. And um, you know, again, it's that it's that contrast between what Green Bay looks like and and mind you, Alex Smith had his best season after he after Mahomes was drafted, which then let the Chiefs trade him for draft picks for Kendall Fuller, who. Hey, remember the Super Bowl? Yeah, Kendall Fuller was a part of that team too. Mm, so mm. You, you gotta be, you gotta play the game sometimes, and just you know, it rewards to to communicate and to be good people. 
Yeah, this goes back to like when you remember when the pandemic hit and franchises across multiple sports were axe handling employees and Mm -hmm. cutting people's souls and fleecing the minor league departments and not paying guys what the Royals do. They paid their guys. Everybody. Mm -hmm. They paid everybody. What did that benefit them with later on when that draft was shorter and free agents got to pick where they wanted to go? They got a bunch of dudes that they may not have got. Mm-hmm. It's about how you handle organizations. That's why Andy's had been successful, I think, pretty much everywhere he's ever been. That's why his players, current and former, rave about the dude, no matter what. Basically, no matter how the scenario was that they left, nobody has hard feelings for the man. It doesn't seem like ever. Yeah. Uh, it's. Yeah, you you. It is what it is. Like, there's reason certain organizations are successful, and like, Green Bay's gotten incredibly lucky. They had Favre and Rodgers back to back, and both of these exits and these endings to these two crazy Hall of Famers' careers are as ugly as sin. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't get uglier than this. Not it's just wild to me. And like I said, like you said, Alex Smith stepping out and just going flamethrower on you when, when his provocation to unleashing the flamethrower was, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay situation? It's absolutely inexcusable. Oh, so I see you're upset. Makes sense. I, I just, I, it's wild to me. Yeah, it's definitely a crazy situation. So, you know, just happy that we have, you know, Brett Veach and the Chiefs and, and Clark Hunt, an owner that actually cares about, you know, the team and, and its well-being. And and the players know, outside of just them being football players. And, yeah. like, that's the thing. That's the Andy thing where you hear him talk about him caring. And you hear the players talk about him caring as him caring about them as people. He knows things about them. He he knows their personal stuff and, like, what they're interested in. He's not just their boss and an a lot of guys that are standoffish and don't try to get to know your players. You work better when you like your boss and you have a good work environment, right? Isn't that pretty much universal for everybody? You function better in a good environment. Yep. I don't know. It just seems crazy to me to not make your environment like that, especially in an organization or in a sport and in, in, in a world where you have the ability to do so you can make that working environment good for everybody. It's not that difficult at that point when you have those kind of resources in some places, make it look like it's rocket science. And it's just insane to me. I didn't think the Packers were one of those franchises, but when they keep doing the same thing over and over again, you eventually have to wonder. Yeah. So hopefully that situation resolves itself in a way that isn't Aaron Rodgers being traded to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I would prefer him to not be in the AFC West if we could avoid it. Hey, whatever. Come to the AFC West. We'll scorch you up two games a week or two games a year. I still just don't want to have to watch our defense play against that man. It's just not – I'm not One worried. time a year in a game that's not a division game, I'm fine with. But twice a year in both games that matter, and not my favorite thing on the world. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's. it's I, uh... I mean, it's just if you get if you tell me I get to pick between Drew Locke, Derek Carr, and uh, Justin Herbert, or playing Aaron Rodgers and substituting one of those three guys out, I'm or two guys out really because Justin Herbert ain't going anywhere. I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm gonna pick Drew Locke and Derek Carr. Every time. The only time those two would get picked over Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Every single time. Yeah, so on that note, I think that's about all the topics that we had for this week. Uh, hope you guys all enjoyed. Thanks so much for listening. And be sure to rate and review on Apple and Spotify and all that fun stuff. Leave a five-star review for us and tell us, you know, ask us any questions. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the iTunes reviews or just Mail tweet them at us. Week? Yeah, potentially we might maybe mailbag might potentially mailbag? look at a mailbag. If we get if we get some questions, y'all, y'all gotta write questions. questions. Yeah, you gotta write some questions. I will in. shave my head. Oh, that'd yeah. be a big one. Goodness, how, how long how long has it been, Tom? Like maybe uh, two weeks since you shaved your. <laughs> yeah, I actually got a sunburn, so I've been waiting. So yeah. <laughs> So, so two make weeks, sure I'll shave my head, get those mailbag questions. And yeah, we'll drop those mailbag questions in. Ask Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Kingdom Says Pod. Go ahead and drop any questions you have or just in the iTunes reviews, like we said. And uh, yeah. Keep them clean and we'll answer some stuff, even not necessarily Chiefs related, maybe. Definitely. Or don't. Yeah, or, or just don't do keep them clean and we may answer them anyway. We'll see. Yeah, we so much as answer them. So thanks, guys, for listening and we will see you next week. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? 
Just stop. This is a 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.